You're listening to Under the Hood. Get the ESPN Chicago app for podcasts and the live stream from anywhere, anywhere, anywhere. Download in the app store today. This is ESPN 1000, Chicago's home for sports. What's up and welcome in. This is Under the Hood with Jonathan Hood on ESPN 1000 and the brand new ESPN Chicago app. Open phone lines for you, 312-332-ESPN, 332-3776 is our phone number. Going to be guest-free in our first hour, unless there's breaking news. We'll hear from Jay Adande coming up in one hour from now from the Undefeated.com. Had a terrific column, which we'll review with him in an hour from now right here on ESPN 1000. Mitchell Trubisky. Polarizing, right? Trubisky isn't taking a beating in Chicago as Jay Cutler did with his time with the Bears. But Trubisky, the name, was supposed to bring hope to an offense the feeling that finally the Bears did something right on the offensive side of the field. Getting someone in the draft that can turn heads instead of turn heads that you see all over the soldier field landscape with people with their hands in their heads wondering if the ball could travel from Trubisky's hand to 15 yards down the field accurately. So here we are. Uh, An upcoming NFL season for the Bears right around the corner. And again, I feel great about the Bears' defense. Don't feel great about the quarterback spot. If you've lived and died with the Bears for a long time, even as a Bears observer, Lions fan, Vikings fan, Packers fan, you know the difference between a winning championship team and a team that's good but not good enough. And for my lifetime as a Bears fan, it's always been teams that have underachieved for the most part, but once they were good, it did not have the sustained success that I was looking for as a Bears fan. You know why? Because if you don't get the quarterback position right and have someone in place that can pay dividends at the position then you're just not going to go anywhere. You'll have a successful 12-4 season and then have an 8-8 eight eight season and then question marks. It's one thing to be at the top of your game when you're 12-4 and four and a shot to get to the Super Bowl. It's another thing to go 8-8 eight and eight and then you don't know what direction you're going. In the middle in sports sucks. It's bad to be in the middle. Eight and eight, you don't know if you're going down. You don't know if you're going up. You don't know where you're going. But all I know is that the Bears this past season uh, were four wins short of where they were the season before. So I want you to go to this piece from ESPN.com, which I thought was very interesting from Field Yates, friend of ESPN 1000, always around the um, the circles of football news as well as fantasy football, always around for our fantasy football drafts. Uh, in our shows that we have on ESPN 1000. And the piece is entitled, The 32 Quarterbacks of Our NFL Redraft, How Patrick Mahomes, Lamar Jackson, Tom Brady, Joe Burrow, and others were selected. So here's what Field wrote, okay? It says, in case you missed it, our NFL Nation reporters, and J.D. is one of them, by the way, who covers the Bears, had some fun imagining what all 32 franchise rosters would look like if every player were released from their contracts and redrafted to new teams. So it's the ultimate what if, right? What if you were able to start clean? Who would your quarterback be? 
So they went four rounds. The rest of the roster was uh, assumed average-level talent with the goal of building a foundation that would contend for a Super Bowl within five years. So, Tyler, you saw this piece, too, from Field Yates, right? I did, yep. Okay, so let's just go through the names here, and then we'll get to Trubisky because I know he's on here. So so we take a look at the 32 teams. And so from the beginning, at the top, the Bengals had the first pick, and they took Patrick Mahomes. Okay, that's a no-brainer. You're going to take the Super Bowl champion, a young quarterback that's on the rise, uh, an MVP and Super Bowl MVP before the age of 25. Uh, the arrow is pointing up because he checks all the boxes. Uh, the number two overall pick in this redraft from John Kime of the Redskins went to uh, Russell Wilson. Uh, I mean, Russell Wilson's going to be 36, but he doesn't look 36. He doesn't look beleaguered. He does not look like he's uh, been a guy that's seen some things, you know, when it comes to the <laughs> NFL, right? And, I mean, he still looks young. Ciara and the kids keep him young. Yep. And he's still, you know, he's, he's, he's great. So Lamar Jackson, selected third by Rothstein, friend of the program from the Lions, covers the Lions. Uh, electrifying player, um, Jackson's MVP campaign in 2019 was just the beginning. There's no question about that. Um, he, Jackson's the first, he's the only player to ever throw th- for 3,000 yards and rush for 1,000 in a single season. Uh, Lamar is just more than just a runner. He can actually do a lot of different things, but he's still young and still has room to grow. Next on the list is Deshaun Watson. Next on the list is Drew Brees at number five. So that's the top five in the redraft here, okay, as far as current quarterbacks in the NFL. Uh, And so we go six through ten, and the Jaguars take Dak Prescott, and then the Jets guy, Rich Cimini, takes uh, Carson Wentz. Uh, Aaron Rodgers is eighth on this list, if you're wondering, Packer fans. Rodgers was eighth on this list, selected to the Raiders. Joe Burrow going to the Colts, according to our guy Mike Wells, who covers the Colts for ESPN.com. Uh, Number 10 is Tom Brady. Jenna Lane covers the Buccaneers, and just guess what? Tom Brady goes 10. So I'll, I'll just stop right there. So I'll ask you, Tyler, because when we look at this list, Mahomes, Wilson, Lamar Jackson, Deshaun Watson, Breeze, Prescott, Carson Wentz, Aaron Rodgers, Joe Burrow, interesting, and Tom Brady. Any issues there in the top 10? I think there's some shuffling that can definitely be done. I, I don't love the idea of throwing in a guy who has yet to take a snap. And that doesn't mean Joe Burrow can't be a top 10 quarterback. It's just I don't love the, that idea. I think Aaron Rodgers is much better than eight, too, especially with the way that Green Bay has tried to help him in the past and really has lacked doing that. So there could be some shuffling a little bit, but in terms of names, maybe you throw in. I think Kyler Murray deserves to be higher than than um, than Joe Burrow on this list. I That's liked what fair. he did a lot. That's fair. It's it just you know it, it's kind of like your fantasy draft, right? Whatever falls to you, you take. Right. Yeah, so I, now my, now I could get on the phone right now, Mike Wells, and just razz the crap out of him about taking <laughs> Joe Burrow nine over Tom Brady and the next names we have. But that's your top ten. Drew Locke was 11th by Legwald. And, again, that's I don't know if that's job security as a Broncos uh, reporter to take <laughs> Drew Locke. I don't know why that was, nonetheless. So uh, Matt Ryan is 12 by Vaughn McClure, the Falcons. Again, 
symmetry there. McClure covers the Falcons, has Matt Ryan 12, because Matt Ryan fell to him. Okay, so Kyler Murray, 13th of the Cowboys. Teddy Bridgewater, 14. Garoppolo, 15. Let's stop right here. J.D. was next on the list here, and J.D. took Jimmy Garoppolo because it fell to him at 15. J.D., Jeff Dickerson said, playing with an incredible defense and for a brilliant offensive mind has its pros and cons. Um, One of the pros is that you win like the 49ers did last year. One of the cons is that your work can go unappreciated. Garoppolo stands tall in the pocket, has accuracy at all levels, and is a steadying presence uh, whom teammates flock to. He's a solid veteran quarterback. I, I agree with that. Like, if Garoppolo falls to you and you're 15, he says, you know, where the Bears are, Garoppolo 15. No, I mean, I don't think. It'd be, you'd be hard-pressed to find a Bears fan that, that wouldn't like that. If you don't like the uh, his presence and how he can grow, uh, definitely there'll be some who say, hey, you know, he played at Eastern. You know, here's a good idea. He played for the state. Let him play for the Bears, right? So then we go to, to Baker Mayfield at 16, Donald at 17, Tannehill at 18, Matt Stafford at 19, Tua Tungavailoa at 20, says Rob Demosky of the Packers. So that's your top 20. Now, the question is, would you take Mitch Trubisky over any of those 20 quarterbacks that we've gone through so far? And as you mentioned, uh, there's a couple of kids in here that we haven't seen yet. I don't know if I'd put Tua and Burrow in my top 20 uh, of 32 quarterbacks, but when you look at this list, is Trubisky better than any of these quarterbacks? No, and and here's the thing. You you say, yeah, I I don't know if I'd put – Tua or, or Burrow ahead of Trubisky right now, but if you had to ask me, all right, you're starting a franchise, Tua, Burrow, or Trubisky, it's a no-brainer. So, I, I no, he's not in this top 20. Okay, then we move on. Starting at 21 as we talk about this in Under the Hood with Jonathan Hood on ESPN 1000, the ESPN Chicago app. This is a Field Yates piece that's written on ESPN.com. Look in the NFL section, and you can follow along with us uh, when you get a chance. Cam Newton selected 36th overall. Um, the Titans with Cam Newton at 21, Josh Allen at 22, um, Justin Herbert at 23, Jake Trotter would take him with the Browns, Kirk Cousins to the Dolphins at 24, Daniel Jones at 25, uh, Kevin Seifert uh, says that uh, he'd be great with the Chargers. Now we get into Jared Stidham, David Newton of the Panthers, taking Stidham at 26, Jared Goff at 27. Derek Carr, 28, the quarterback for the Raiders. Ben Roethlisberger at 29. There's a guy there that's going to the Hall of Fame. He's 38. I get that. Um, but, but Roethlisberger to the Seahawks at 29. Winston at 30. Tyrod Taylor at 31 to the Chiefs. Phillip Rivers was the last guy, apparently, that was taken in this, in this um, redraft. Uh, Mike Triplett takes him to the Saints. 32 quarterbacks. And so you looked at this list again. I mentioned names like Rivers, who's now with the Colts, Tyrod Taylor, Jameis Winston, who's a third-string quarterback in the NFL now. This is where we are with quarterbacks, where Winston's uh, the third stringer uh, with the Saints. Roethlisberger's 29, Carr 28, right? So, again, I'll ask again, Tyler, is Trubisky better than these any of these 32 quarterbacks? I think you can make the case for Stidham. And that's yes. about it. <laughs> yeah, Stidham, yes. Because yeah. I don't know what that I don't know what that is. That could be six and ten or the playoffs. Right. Because of because you give Belichick the benefit of the doubt every time until he can't win anymore. That's fair. Uh 
and even without Tom Brady. So, so, so out of all these quarterbacks that we just mentioned, and, and including kids, Herbert, who I was not the biggest fan of coming out of college, we will see, right? Right. Uh, you're you're telling me that you would take Tua and Joe Burrow and Herbert and these guys over Trubisky. Yes, and, and maybe it's not going to happen right away in year one, but if we're looking at a plan here, again, this is supposed to be something that you're spanning five years or, or three to five years at least. And yes, you feel better about yourself with those rookies than you do with Mitch Trubisky. Now, also, the, a couple of stiff that uh, did not make the cut, Dwayne Haskins, the starter or the quarterback for uh, the Redskins, Gardner Minshew, the starter for Jacksonville, uh, young developmental ranks there for those quarterbacks, Andy Dalton and Nick Foles, veteran quarterbacks as well, uh, were not in the top 32. Here's the point, is that even when you have all the people that cover all the teams in the NFL together, you still can't find people to say that Trubisky is a top 32 quarterback in the National Football League. There is something wrong. That was wrong with them. Something wrong that the Bears don't have a top 32 quarterback in this league. See, this is what I've been talking about for a while now, and that is that if you don't get the quarterback position right, you get what you deserve. And and it's getting, I won't say easier, but when you can find a quarterback that has a system that worked in college and you either bring that guy, uh, coach over, his quarterback coach, his offensive coordinator, whatever, when you plug in that system from college and you revamp your system for a quarterback, it, it, I'm not saying that it's 100% perfect, but you have got to be able to find something that works with the personnel that's around you. The coach, the personnel, everything has to work. And this is why there's frustration. The frustration sets in with me and Bears fans that when I go through this list of quarterbacks, young quarterbacks, quarterbacks that haven't even been able to take a snap yet, as Tyler said, in the NFL. On top of that, uh, quarterbacks like Kyler Murray that showed you glimpses. Baker Mayfield has something to prove. Darnold has something to prove. Uh, Daniel Jones, who I was not a fan of even coming out out of college, but trying to put the Giants in the right position. Stidham who should be a backup, but you know it's Belichick, so he's just going to go to the bottom of the barrel just to be able to prove his point and have Stidham possibly be the starter. It's, it's quarterbacks like these guys that are being chosen over what the Bears have. And so how am I supposed to be optimistic as a Bears fan? Just taking a look at the list, and again, there is there is nothing definite about this list, but what it, it does tell you is that those that cover the league look at the quarterback position with the Chicago Bears and say, nah, nah, we'll put them Foles, Trubisky, and Trubisky not even mentioned in this column, by the way. I want to make sure it's very clear. I'll put Nick Foles and Andy Dalton and Minshew and Haskins in a, like a little box over to the side away from the 32. That's a problem. That's a major problem. This is why this upcoming season is so huge for the Bears. It, it will This upcoming season, whether there's fans in the stands or not, it does not matter. If there are games, this will tell a great story about not only Ryan Pace, not only uh, what is going on with Nagy as a head coach, but what's happening with the quarterback spot for the future. 
So the question I would ask is this, and Tyler, let's open the phone lines at 312-332-ESPN, 332-3776 is our phone number. We've got a lot to talk about tonight, but I just wanted to start off with that because when I saw that column yesterday, I said, wait a minute now. So out of these 32 quarterbacks, Trubisky doesn't make the list. Foles doesn't make the list. And again, this is only opinion based on all these guys and, and, and women that cover the NFL for ESPN. But Trubisky's not even 30th. So what does that say? And something even more startling about where Trubisky is as far as a hierarchy in uh, football players, not just quarterbacks, but football players that you would select. We'll get to that coming up next and take your phone calls. 312-332-ESPN is our phone number. Not top 32. What about top 128? We'll get to that next on UTH. It's Under the Hood. Follow us on the ground at IGJHood and at ESPN underscore Chicago. This is Chicago's home for sports. ESPN 1000. Well, all these quarterbacks in the NFL, a piece that was written by... Field Yates from ESPN.com, and just like I'm looking for Trubisky to be able to talk about this tonight, like, okay, Trubisky's 20th in the NFL. Now what can he do to get better? Now the whole conversation has changed if I just jump on and say, okay, so Trubisky is 20th on this list. Now how? what does he need to do to be able to move up to be a top 15 or top 10 quarterback? What are your expectations? That's the whole, that would be my topic. But then when I'm seeing this list here and I'm seeing these quarterbacks and I've seen them all play, Seen them all play, all these starters and all these uh, young quarterbacks that are coming up, the college guys, because I'm a college football fan, saw plenty of those guys. Ryan Tannehill, whose job is it, he, I mean, he got paid a ton of money just to hand the ball off 30 times, 18th on this list. I mean, I mean think about Matt Stafford from uh, Detroit, uh, 19th on this list. Uh, Tua already in the top 20, and then you can't find Trubisky anywhere with a search party. Jared Stidham, the unproven Stidham that's going to maybe play, start, do something with the Patriots. Now Tom Brady's gone. He's 26th in this list. I had a Jared Goff. I had a Derek Carr. I had a Ben Roethlisberger, Jameis Winston, Tyrod Taylor, Phillip Rivers, and then no Trubisky. So tell me if I'm right. If you don't call me, then I guess I'm right that that Trubisky is, is not even a top 32 quarterback in this league. And so the Bears have... Some troubles, a lot of troubles. And Foles is not on this list either. He's like uh, an extra on this list. So it, that is troubling. But also this next list I'm going to tell you about is also troubling as we talk about this in Under the Hood with Jonathan Hood on ESPN 1000. 312-332-ESPN, 332-3776 is our phone number. Um, Tyler, put this on the poll at ESPN 1000. Uh, Mitchell Trubisky, top 32 quarterback or... If he's not a top 32 quarterback, then maybe uh, the other option would be 128 foundational players. Is he amongst the 128 foundational players or neither? It tells a great story this upcoming season. We'll put that on the poll for you to answer, and we'll get your calls in here, 312-332-ESPN. Crown Point, Indiana, here's Jesse with Jonathan Hood on ESPN 1000. Hi, Jess. Hey, how are you doing, guys? We're both fine, thanks. Yeah, great show. Love it. Thank um, you. Just want to talk about uh, Trubisky, obviously, here. Uh, how do you uh, how do you even throw him into the mix of any of those 32 teams and really any of those 32 picks you guys are talking about? Um, and how does he eventually get 
thrown into the mix in the future. I don't know what he has to do um, in order to get there. I don't. I just don't really have much hope, to be honest with you. Um, that sucks. But but that yeah, sucks it, though. Like like if he's not amongst the top thirty two, Jesse, then now you're trying to figure out where he is amongst backups. That's bad. Yeah, I mean that's really bad, and it's just it it hurts my heart, man. Being a Bears fan and just knowing what kind of defense we have now, because we got the talent to make a run, but it it just always goes back to that quarterback position, and it has forever with the Bears. And it, you just you, I'm ready for a change, and you just you're not seeing that, and and I just I just hope things get better, but. I just don't have a lot of hope, man. It's unfortunate. Jesse, I'm glad you checked in with your perspective. Appreciate your phone call. Now, you see, Jesse leaves line open. 312-332-ESPN is our phone number. So then, in the same piece, Tyler, that we see here from ESPN.com, from NFL Nation, then they start going through the draft. They, I mean, apparently these these writers are just trying to determine who the best of the best are and out of 128 foundational players in the NFL. And so J.D., who writes for the Bears, was able to jump in. All the writers from the, from the Redskins, Lions, Giants, all the teams were able to jump in and do the snake draft, kind of like fantasy football, right? Who would you take no matter the position? So let me scroll down here to where the Bears are here because I'm going to Las Vegas, Indiana, Indianapolis, Denver, Dallas. And, and so here's J.D. from the Bears, right? So he, he gets to his pick. We mentioned uh, that he got the 19th pick in round one as he was with all the writers trying to determine the best of the best. And his first pick, Jimmy Garoppolo, fell to J.D. at 19. And, and you're not going to throw him out of bed. I mean, it's Jimmy Garoppolo, right? I mean, that's, there's nothing wrong with that. So then he goes, he goes through the rest of the draft in round two. He, it's his pick, and he takes Derrick Henry. Now, the wrong with Derrick Henry around the football. Here's a guy here. Um, which two teams led the National Football League in play-action pass, passing yards last year? Um, Garoppolo's 49ers and uh, Henry's Titans. Uh, there might be a play-action pass or two in the playbook. That's a great one-two punch with Garoppolo and Henry. He got back to J.D. He took Jerry Judy, a wide receiver we're going to see tear up the league. He's going to terrorize the league for a decade. Judy is just that good when he was at Alabama, and he's going to be great in the NFL. And Eddie Jackson uh, was round four. Now, that's that's pretty solid. There's nothing wrong with, the, with those four. A little too much offense for the Bears fans' liking. Well, uh, and that's what Mike Clay said, too, because he gave, gave his, graph, his draft grade. He says, Garoppolo appears legit. Get him at 19th is a, a great value. Henry doesn't catch enough balls to go at 46. I, I think running the football for Henry is fine. I think that'll be okay. Um, Judy is uh, a proven commodity. I would have looked elsewhere on defense, too, but Jackson's solid. Well, I mean, look, I mean, here's the thing. If, you, if your foundational piece is Eddie Jackson at safety, I think that's a good start. But, you know, for once, Tyler, it would be – Garoppolo, Henry, and Judy, that gets you where you want to go. That at least it, because in this offensive league, you want to be able to have offensive weapons. So, yeah, no, you know, definitely. I mean, it's just weird. Like Bears fans are looking at that and thinking, what the hell is this? We, we, we've never seen a team like that. Even though this is all fantasy and hypothetical, it's just the offensive overload is something that the rest of the league has adopted, and this, this city stays behind the times. 
It certainly does. It certainly does. 312-332. ESPN is our phone number. Going to Jason Lockenfora from CBS Sports, right? 2020 NFL quarterback tiers, franchise guys, rising stars, and stop gaps. Here's where your team starters rank. Now, this is not like the golden tier column that I love every year when we see it from Mike Sando. Like, I treasure that thing. Um, put it in a safe and just talk about it for weeks on end when it first comes out. Sando used to work for ESPN. Now he works with Athletic. And when that when that uh, quarterback tiers column comes out, it's just it's great. It's a great column. So looking at this from uh, Lock and Forest standpoint, he here's his tier one bona fide franchise quarterbacks. Okay, and again, it, it's it's conjecture. It's just his opinion, but it just gives you an idea. His bona fide franchise quarterbacks, Mahomes, Lamar Jackson, Wilson, Deshaun Watson, Brady, Breeze, Rodgers, Carson Wentz, and Roethlisberger. Okay, that's fine. Tier 2, top pros, proven winners. Um, Matt Ryan, Matt Stafford, Dak Prescott. His rising stars, Tier 3, is Kyler Murray and Jimmy Garoppolo. Tier 4, Derek Carr. Tier 4 is you can win with them. Derek Carr, Ryan Tannehill, Cousins, Mayfield, Josh Allen, Teddy Bridgewater, Goff, Rivers, and Tyrod Taylor. Then you go to the Tier 5, guys, veterans, and placeholders. And only one person is on this list, Ryan Fitzpatrick. <laughs> just, just one, Ryan Fitzpatrick. And then there's Tier 6, the good luck piece of this. Tier 6, good luck, one name, Mitchell Trubisky. Good luck. Like, like nothing like, you know, things are looking up for him. No, it just says good luck. It's doubtful this era in Bears history ends well. Uh, jobs are on the line, which so much invested in this overdrafted quarterback. And at some point, Nick Foles, a tier five guy, if he was in this thing, not a huge upgrade, uh, will get his shot in the system uh, that he knows very well. There is nothing inspiring confidence about this Bears offense, and watching it the past few years has been painful. Trubisky in the good luck tier for Jason Lockenfora. I mean, it's, that tells you all you need to know about uh, how many in, entire ESPN staff that covers the NFL and Lockenfora feel about Trubisky. And that's the thing that just is bad. It's just that's the thing. 312-332-ESPN is our phone number. Let me sneak in Matthew in uh, Midway on ESPN 1000. Hey, Matt. How you doing? Good. Good, good, good. Uh, you know, this list, so Bears, uh, big Bears fan, season ticket holder, disgruntled Bears season ticket holder. <laughs> um, but this list, to me, is just more evidence, and we have plenty of it. We didn't need more, but it's just more evidence of how in over his head Ryan Pace actually is. Um and, and so this is outsiders' opinions, right? These are people who took the time to go through and do the analysis. And, you know, Mitch is just the – Mitch is just the – he's January in the calendar of failures for, uh, for Ryan Pace. Um, but there's, there's so many examples, just a litany of examples. And unfortunately, again, even as a season ticket holder, I'm not overly confident in what they put together – because, A, I don't think they've addressed the, the offensive line, which is the only shot of making Mitch or, or Nick Foles better. Um, and then we've got the two quarterbacks back there, and I'm not convinced that either of them are going to have this. Like, the light is going to go on for Mitch. I, why? What, why now? What, what changed? What, what, what whisper is he going to hear that's going to change who he is or how he plays or how 
scared he gets when, when the ball is snapped. And Nick Foles, I, you know, good guy. Uh, you know, I like him as a backup. If we had a competent starter, I'd love him sitting on our bench uh, because he can win things when he comes off the bench. But if Mitch is the guy who starts and then Foles has to come off the bench, we're far too, you know, we're, the season is lost at that point. You're a south sider, right, Matt? Uh, north sider, born and raised on the north side. Uh, the wife tricked me to move to the south side, but I love it down here. <laughs> okay, because I was going to say, only a south sider could come up with the line, January, he is the January in the calendar of failures. You know how awesome yeah. that is? <laughs> Thank you. you. Feel free to use it, because I've, I've used it a couple times in having conversations with friends and uh, and other other disgruntled Bears fans, and it just it proves true. I mean, it's not difficult to count to 12 with this guy's mistakes. I mean, that's and awesome. glaring mistakes. You don't have to go deep. <laughs> that's great, Matt. That, that's a great line. <laughs> I'm glad to, I, if you hear that on the radio, you know I'm, gonna, I'm sending you a shout-out when I do that. Uh, I, I'll take it. I'll take it again. I love my Bears. I love my Bears. But, you know, the management and the ownership, they just love to just step in it. Everything's an experiment. Everything is an experiment. There's no, uh, there's no solid plan that's ever been vetted, proved out. You know, as a fans, we don't, we have hope, and hope is just not a good plan. Matt, we appreciate your telephone call, 312-332-ESPN, 332-3776 is our phone number. J.A. Adande from TheUndefeated.com will join me at 8 o'clock, but coming up next, I have advice for Colin Kaepernick next on UTH. Under the Hood with Jonathan Hood. Follow on Twitter at TweetJHood. Have you downloaded the ESPN Chicago app? You've got to do that. Download the ESPN Chicago app. You're like, I got an Android. I can't use that. Yes, you can. I got an iPhone. I can't use that. Yes, you can. The ESPN Chicago app. Download it. You can listen to all the shows live 24 hours a day, seven days a week, and check out the podcasts. Uh, if I, Look, I work weeknights between 7 and 10. Sometimes you don't get a chance to hear my entire show, and that's okay. That's why we get the podcast. Go to Under the Hood with Jonathan Hood. Click that. And you'll be able to hear a lot of uh, the shows that I've done, including Tuesday Wrestling Tuesday. If you're a wrestling fan, I've got that for you as well right there on that same app. Look for ESPN uh, Chicago. Download the app, and that way you just have a plethora of sound that you didn't know you can even get. I have some advice for Colin Kaepernick. And we've talked about him on this show, especially as of late, because of Drew Brees' comments and Roger Goodell's comments and President Trump's comments. You know, for Colin Kaepernick, the question is, why was he not allowed to play again? Well, I think it's very simple. Just looking at Craig Hodges when he's with the Chicago Bulls or looking at Mahmoud Abdul-Raouf when he played for Denver, you could see that there was a blackballing. Where, and that blackballing is, simply put, when owners collude or general managers collude not to have you in the league anymore. And I think that's exactly what happened to Colin Kaepernick. You remember just two, three years ago, how hot that topic was. Colin Kaepernick was on the sidelines and he was kneeling during the national anthem to be able to talk about police brutality in this country. And he wanted to be able to raise awareness for that. And it was unpopular by some NFL fans and definitely by NFL owners because people believed that there was a disrespect of the flag. You have your viewpoint. I have mine. My viewpoint is what Kaepernick said. Uh, 
because there is no other answer for it. There is no other answer. If a man is taking time out to tell the media, telling groups, telling everyone else, look, I think that there is a systemic issue when it comes to police brutality and black people in this country. And I want to be able to raise awareness for it. And because I want it stopped, I want it to end. Um, then I can believe him when he says that many did not believe that because that particular conversation is too, uh, itchy, uh, too uncomfortable for some people. And even now in 2020, it's an uncomfortable topic for some, but, that was the topic. That was the issue. But it was easier to talk about a flag and talk about the our flag and talk about our country and try to find a way to be able to go around the police brutality issue by trying to do it by talking about the flag. But we know what the issue is. Kaepernick was right, not because of what happened to George Floyd, but he was right to bring it up because it's true. Because it's a, a issue that's gone on not in 2020. This ain't George Floyd ain't brand new. Okay? There are there continues to be stories even today after George Floyd is put in the ground yesterday. There continues to be more and more video and question marks on why there is police brutality, why these bad cops are making good cops look bad. That's the whole issue. But Colin Kaepernick, let's go back and really focus in on him. The question has been why Colin Kaepernick has not been back in the NFL. It's been a blackballing. And you continue to hear from some that feel that Colin Kaepernick, now that George Floyd's dead, and boy, it looks like, you know, Colin Kaepernick was right to talk about this police brutality thing. He should go right back in the NFL. And my advice to Colin Kaepernick is you don't need the NFL, pal. You don't need to go back into the National Football League. You know why? Because, not because he's been out of it for three years, not because the speed of the game might catch up with him, not because his numbers were were uh, underachieving, um, that was that were subpar last time we saw him in the NFL. It's not because of any of those things. It, it's because Colin Kaepernick is doing more away from the NFL than he did when he was in the NFL. If you just take a look at his your rights camp, if you take a look at um, what he's been doing away from the NFL, it's been great. It's not publicized a lot because, well, it's too positive. Can't have a lot of positivity in your sports talk, especially with someone as polarizing for some as Colin Kaepernick. I would tell Colin Kaepernick that picking up a football and trying to lead a team down the field or trying to win is not the cause anymore. Because it would be the ultimate in tokenism. And I've heard rumors here and there that there are some teams that are interested in Colin Kaepernick, interested in having him out there. Uh, and I would say to him, don't worry about it. Don't worry about the National Football League. You just keep doing you on the ground, grassroots level, going to communities, donating money talking to people because that's the thing that it resonates more than whether or not you can get the job done on us on a given Sunday. Well, you don't have to, why break your back out there for some team? Now I've read from several places before the show that Kaepernick is getting warmed up and he's getting ready to try to get back in the NFL. And I, and I tell him you got nothing to prove. You got nothing to prove. 
He played at a very high level in the NFL. And he'd get back to the NFL to do what? To be a backup? Remember, in, early in our show, we went through top 32 quarterbacks. There's no question that Kaepernick can be able to break that top 32. He can be a backup in this league. He could play for a really bad team in the NFL. He could do a lot of different things. But what's the point? What's the point now? That some team will say, you know what? As symbolism, because of George Floyd's death, and you told us three years ago we were wrong, so here's a job. No, don't take it. What he's got to do is continue to speak, whether it's through social media or to media in general or to all of us, to once again express his thoughts on how we all can get better at understanding one another. I'm not saying that uh, Kaepernick is Malcolm X or or he's Martin King or any of these great civil rights activists over the years. What I'm saying is, is that for him, getting back to the football field doesn't mean anything to me. What should mean something to him, though, is to continue to speak out and to be able to help issues such as what he started off talking about, police brutality. Coming up next, no more Confederate flags on NASCAR. How does that make you feel as a sports fan, as a NASCAR fan, that there won't be any more Confederate flags around at NASCAR events? Next on UTH. This is Chicago's home for sports. Stream ESPN 1000 easily on the all-new ESPN Chicago app. You're listening to Under the Hood on ESPN 1000. Jonathan Hood on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN Chicago app. The first time I saw a Confederate flag, it was on Dukes of Hazard TV show. Do you, do you remember Dukes of Hazard? The show that was on CBS on Friday nights at 7, followed by Dallas and then Falcon Crest. I watched a lot of TV when I was a kid. But I saw Dukes of Hazard, and I saw the car, and they used to have the Confederate flag on it. I didn't know what the flag meant as a kid. I just know that that car was cool. When you get older, you come to find out what that flag represents. And the modern display of flags used by and associated with the Confederate States of America started in response to the Civil Rights Movement in the 50s and 60s and continues to be present in this day. The modified version of the Southern Cross used as a battle flag of General Robert E. Lee's Army of Northern Virginia has become the most popular and now is the most widely recognized symbol of the Confederacy. People will look at this flag for what it's what it is. It represents racism and slavery, segregation, white supremacy, attempted intimidations of African Americans, and treason. Now, I have seen being at um, Chicagoland Motor Speedway in Joliet. I've been there several times to see races. Uh, I went with uh, Black and Abdallah to to the Joliet Chicago motor speedway and we walked through people tailgating and we saw that the confederate flag was waving and it was waving proudly but i know what the flag represents but was i going to go up to a person at a tailgate and say take that thing down of course i know what it meant when you get older you come to find out what that what that flag really represents in the south if you go to certain places in the city you still see that flag because it represents something 
that someone holds dear, something from the past. The problem is, not just in this country, but overall as humans, many of us cannot get used to change, especially when change is for the good. We get into this phrase, and I'm sure that you've used it, I've used it before, but I've gotten out of using this phrase over the years, a political correctness. It's a crutch term. And when you really break it down, there is no such thing as political correctness. It's just correctness. There's no political correctness. It's about being correct. It's nothing political about it. It's just not being PC. It's just being C. And it's not about just a section of people being offended. Uh, Many are offended by the Confederate flag. Ryan McGee, who's been a guest on this program during college football season, uh, was on First Take Your Take earlier today. And McGee, who is from Charlotte, uh, talked about his personal experience with the Confederate flag. Back when Marty McGee was a podcast, and this was after the church shooting in Charleston, and the debate for the nine millionth time came up about the fact that the stars and bars flew over the state house in South Carolina, you know, the Capitol building in, in, in Columbia, South Carolina. And we're both screaming to take it down. And people are like, you portraying, you know, you don't understand. Yeah, I understand. I'm literally right now, I'm talking to you from the coast of North Carolina, just south of Fort Fisher. And I had direct family members. I'm a direct descendant of men who fought for the Confederacy at Fort Fisher, were taken prisoner of war, and sat in the Hellmira prison camp in upstate New York and had to walk home to North Carolina was over with. So don't tell me about what that flag means. I, I, I know exactly what that, what, what that flag flew over. And that's dead and gone. That is done. That should be in a museum because my people were on the wrong side of the deal, and that's why they lost. And the right side won that thing. And so we're talking about a war that happened so long ago. So I don't need any rednecks coming at me about heritage versus hate or whatever. I know exactly what they've done with that flag. And so that's why that flag should be on display in a museum to explain to my daughter's generation why that flag was flown. And it was on the wrong side of history. Simple as that. And listen, whatever, man. I, you know, you and I both have been to plenty of events with, with stars and bars with both Cephas's face on it, right? Or Dale Earnhardt's number three on it. I get all that. Mm-hmm. Fine. It's, that day's done. It's done. And, and what I say all the time is when I first started covering races at the Darlington Raceway in South Carolina in the mid-90s, there was a guy who sold Confederate flags at a, at a, with this folding table right at the entrance of the Winston Cup Series garage because he knew that's where all the fans would congregate to see race car drivers. I haven't seen that guy in 25 years. And so what I've told people is is that when I used to cover races, there were hundreds of Confederate flags. I go to Daytona now, I might see a dozen big ones, maybe. And so it's not what it was, but they still need to go away completely. You want to see one? Fine. You know what? There are so many fantastic American historic museums around the nation where you can go see that and learn what it's about. But I don't need to see you flying it in my face because you think I don't understand what that flag was because I understand it more than you do. Thoughts there from Ryan McGee 
uh, from First Take Your Take and also part of Marty McGee on uh, Saturday mornings on ESPN Radio. It's Under the Hood with Jonathan Hood on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN Chicago app. Uh, in its statement, NASCAR said that the presence of the Confederate flag at NASCAR events runs contrary to our commitment to providing a welcoming and inclusive environment for all fans, our competitors, and our industry. Bringing people together around uh, a love for racing and the community it creates is what makes fans and sports special. Uh, the display of the Confederate flag will be prohibited from all NASCAR events and properties. I've seen it. I've seen it in, in people's driveways. It's it's still out there. But here's the thing. As I mentioned, people are reticent to change. They don't like to change. A and as Ryan McGee said, someone who grew up in Charlotte, he says that it's time for it to go. He says he's not going to miss it for one single second because of what it represents on the wrong side, of course. Again, on the wrong side of history. But also, it is a symbol of, hey, you know, this is white supremacy. This is about the South. This is about and all these things are things from the past. It's interesting that we look at our country now and trying to figure out how we can be able to have our country the way it was in the 50s and 60s, you know, the good old days. And some of those good old days are back here again in 2020. Some liked it like that. Some people like the way things were in the past and are just are just a, a horrible history that we've had in this country. Some like to cling on to that because it makes them feel good. The Confederate flag makes people feel good. As I mentioned, walking through the uh, Chicagoland Speedway and being able to see those uh, stars and bars, it, it didn't make me want to fight, didn't want to make me angry because that's what people want to do. It's nothing I could do personally. But clearly, Bubba Watson, or I'm sorry, Bubba Wallace is someone that could be able to do something about it. Bubba Wallace was on Golik and Wingo, and as a African-American NASCAR driver, the only one on the circuit, Bubba Wallace said removing Confederate flag is going to make more people comfortable at races. My typical answer was, I don't really see the Confederate flags. I, I you know, obviously I do see them. They're flying high and, and, and inside the infields, and and you read some of the comments of people won't come to races of, of African-American descent. They won't come to races simply because the Confederate flag is flying. And you look at that, it's like, okay, we, we, are, we are a very selfish nation, I feel like. I'm, I'll take credit. I'm very selfish. Um, but it's not about us. It's about other people. It's about coming together and, and treating your neighbors like your brothers and sisters. We're all brothers and sisters in this world. So um, if it makes them feel uncomfortable, let's just take it down. Let's just get rid of it. Uh, no disrespect, but it's, it's time to make people feel welcome. That's what, that's what we're fighting for. We don't feel welcomed in this world. The African-American community does not feel welcomed. And I think we can help that by removing Confederate flags. If it bothers them, then let's, let's, let's make that change. Thoughts there from Bubba Wallace on Gullick and Wingo this morning about removing the Confederate flag. Uh, I, I don't know a lot of black people that say I'd like to go to the races and I would go, but the Confederate flag is waving, which means there is a signal to me or to black people that says I maybe I shouldn't be here. But it is about trying to bring everybody under the tent. NASCAR needs, hockey needs, baseball needs, all these sports need to be able to bring everybody under the tent. What is it about the NASCAR before this that felt that this was commonplace and that was cool. 
It, it was never cool. I mean, money's money. No matter who's going to the race, you want to make sure that everybody's comfortable because you want to grow the sport. If you're one of these people that just were, were good with not seeing black faces uh, in the infield or black faces around uh, your NASCAR, well, too bad. It's, it's too bad. I think everybody should be able to enjoy a sporting event no matter what sport it is without having stars and bars put in their face. If you're someone that supports it, cool. Like, who am I? I'm just a Yankee. But also, I'm a Yankee that understands that everybody should be under the tent and enjoy sports for what they are. Coming up next, we talk to J.E. Adande from TheUndefeated.com. His thoughts are Roger Goodell in the National Football League, a great column he wrote. We talk about uh, his column and more in two minutes right here on UTH. <laughs> 